This podcast is brought to you with the help of our sponsor, AWeber, the world's leading email marketing and automation provider. Since 1998, AWeber has helped more than 1 million entrepreneurs grow their businesses. Their suite of marketing, automation, and sales tools make it easy to connect with prospects and customers. If you're a team of one, AWeber is still the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The Accidental Entrepreneur is also brought to you through our affiliate relationships with the following sponsors. One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the average podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. North Authentic, the conscious hair care marketplace offering the cleanest brands from around the world. The Healthy Place, the e-commerce site with thousands of supplements to help you live a healthier life, along with natural solutions for chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, and much, much more. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. So I'm going to start. What happens then? He's, he rolls up what's in the tube. So it's a four meter long poster that he rolls up on this big ass table. And basically, he says, this is the transition of the Swedish transport sector. And here are the, you know, here are the quantities represented by the, uh, like the wideness of the scales. And here you see the hierarchies of uh, goal, strategies, uh, solutions, or execution. And I, I, I stand there and like, actually, I started crying. Um, but I didn't show it because we didn't know each other well enough yet, and I wasn't like comfortable you had to go back enough to see, see your therapist for this meeting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I cried as 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 a sense of relief. Yeah, um, like here you finally found like, a guy who like thinks the way you think, right? No, actually, yeah, thinks a lot better than I. think. Yeah, better, <laughs> so, right? I know you were like, oh, there are people out there that right. Yeah, but but he was able to instill this. Like I I could look at this map and I could see like oh these are the proportions and I could go from the highest level of hierarchy from the helicopter perspective down into like down into the 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 policy uh, the current policy um, was suggestions being on the table in the Swedish government. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. So hi, my name is Einar Boldstrom. I'm residing in Stockholm, Sweden, and I am a co-founder of Climate View. And we help cities reach net zero 
by connecting CO2 to money. Because essentially what's going to take us out of this mess is money being deployed in the right places. And uh, yeah, I've devoted my life to really make that happen. And I'm super happy to be with you here today, Mitch. All right. All right. All righty. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of the podcast. Um, we have a special international guest today from the other side of the world. I think it's pretty much the other side of the world, right? You know, and um, if you are listening on your favorite podcast directory, be sure to leave us a five-star review if you like what you hear. And if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, hit that uh, like button and please subscribe to the feed so we can keep bringing you valuable conversations like the one we are having today. So I want to welcome um, Enar Bodstrom. Enar, I think uh, probably through a publicist or a booker or something like that, we got connected. I remember we spoke while you were walking through the airport in, where was it, Copenhagen or Denmark, or you were on your way to some conference, right? A climate conference? Yeah, it was yeah. in the Copenhagen airport. All right. Well, I appreciate you putting an hour aside when your feet are on the ground um, for us to talk, but uh, maybe <clears throat> maybe you want to get a little bit into you know, where you grew up and, and how you you know, got interested or concerned is a better word about what's going on in the world and climate. And then a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey, because you, you know, you, I was saying this off the mic, you kind of took a, an interesting uh, route because a lot of people think of climate change and save the world, whatever, that it's more of a nonprofit route than it is a for-profit, you know, um, entrepreneurial route. And you took the, the for-profit route and you've been involved with several companies, all seem to circle somehow around climate. Um, but maybe we can go backwards and then you can take us forward. Does that make sense? Yeah. Happy to. Okay. Happy to. And okay. thanks for having me, Mitch. Great thanks. to be here. Okay. Awesome. And it's what, three o'clock in the afternoon there? Three, four o'clock? It's um, 10 a.m. Four o'clock. It's it's TGIF. So oh, perfect. You know, about to crack my first perfect. beer. I'm not going to do go. it while speaking. Yeah. I just got back from my well, breakfast meeting. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's tell your story. Go ahead. Wow. So, um, you know, childhood wise, it's, it's, I don't think that there's super much to, uh, you know, happy nuclear family, uh, love okay. school, uh, love sports. Yeah. So there's very little darkness. Okay. Uh, <laughs> doesn't have to be. I just, just you know, just, no, I know, I know. Right. but, 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 but I think, uh, I've always been concerned, like even since I was a child about. Yeah. Oh, if this happens, then that happens. Right. So I can backtrack that to you know me being four year old. Right. Uh, oh, but okay. I, I remember quite vividly from a a lesson in high school. I think it was geography, hmm. where uh, you know the topic of basically resources, uh, of um, and you know water scarcity. Yeah. And then uh, coming into you know CO two. Uh, rising temperatures, those effects on water scarcity, you know, not next year, but, you know, down the line. Right. And I remember sitting there and suddenly being scared shit. Because I high saw school, like, right? Oh, now you're like making yeah, the connection. Yeah. yeah, that's by when I figured it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, you know, that, that was kind of firmly planted in my soul then. And I've been... I've been more or less concerned ever after, growingly so. Yeah. And um, yeah. But, but what um, did you do? So after high school, you went to university in Europe? Yeah. Uh, not or at it? first, actually. So no? it's it's been kind of a uh, slightly random journey. I right after high school, I 
and I thought like, or I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, so I signed up as a substitute teacher okay. to wherever. And that's when the teacher shortage in Sweden was at its peak. So they basically, anyone like, here, could teach. Here you go. Right? We'll sign your hand and you can walk in. Yeah, I was actually yelled at in the in the principal's office because <laughs> students were not allowed there. And I'm like, no, you actually called me. I'm a substitute. And they were, so they oh, thought sh-. you were one of the students? Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah but you were I just out of high school, right? You were just out of high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. uh, for first 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 week I was I was named the 19-year-old by the students. That's funny. But I got the keys to to a classroom and 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 then was teaching natural sciences to 14-year-olds. I was 19. Okay. Uh so one could call that being a charlatan, but I you know, I did I did okay and I was yeah. uh, uh I loved it. I firmly loved it. And then I, so I stayed there for three years. Um, they, they didn't get rid of me for three years. And, and I took, you know, I took uh, two classes through graduation and, and, you know, cried immensely on the last day. Uh, right. But, but after those three years, you know, my three charlatan years, but also right. the coming, my, my really my coming of age, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to be somewhere where I felt there was more. I would say immediate action. I love mm-hmm. the students. I sometimes felt that I was, um, you know, that the pace of kind of me wanting to do things in a different way, in a new manner, didn't really reside with the rest. With some teachers, absolutely, right. but not with all. Maybe right, not always the principal. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm not saying that's completely a bad thing. I was like, if there were, would only be teachers like me on the school, you know, there would be very little order. To be honest, yeah, right, of course. Yeah, and but, natural but sciences I, is basically what environmental science is. Yeah, like yeah, it's in 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 the Swedish curriculum is it's a blend of uh, what is it, biology, chemistry, and maths. Yeah. I see. Okay. Okay. So right. Yeah. So you abandoned yeah. the kids after three years. I abandoned the kids. They're in good places now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I went to business school, so the Stockholm School of Economics. Ah, because sure. I heard that that's where the action is. Yeah, and uh, which was I, you know, I entered that space and there was just people with they, the pace was high, uh, but I found the the actual studies not super inspiring. Okay, I thought you know you made all these um, assumptions of like how basically how the market economy is, um, you know fantastic in all its shapes uh and forms and that's what's gonna you know create joy in the world and our lives and right. uh you know on basically this this i didn't really get it because like just the fact that natural resources were, was always assumed to be you know for free right uh, and uh, I was also, to be quite honest, I wasn't a great A student, but along that journey, me and a couple of buddies there, we started making films. Oh, okay. Uh, That's where the film started. Okay. Yeah. So, so trying to like be funny. It wasn't uh, about climate change. The films weren't about. No, no, no. God, no. We, we, we did wine testing. Just goofing around. Goofing around. I I think, yeah, the wine testing episode is basically uh, giving two people each four bottles of wine and doing speech and balance tests along the route and see which if which wine has the best effect that's the test that's so funny so i yeah i wouldn't do that 
you know, right. obviously, but you I'm, weren't a I'm film major. Grown. This was just a hobby. It was a hobby. Yeah, right. But during this time, what happened? So we were coding our own like uh, MPEG players to broadcast mm-hmm. at the school and like forced people to go to the pub to look at a, at a, at a screen. But then suddenly, this there was this like place where you could upload the film and just magically uh, uh, email it. And right. that place was called YouTube. Yeah, for the first time, we were like, "What the heck is that?" I remember. Yeah. And 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 it worked on all on all like even on Internet Explorer version shit, right? So um, and then I think it it became obvious to us like a we love doing this, b people around us say that we are funny, uh, and then c something is changing here. Like video will essentially be liberated, right? There's no question. so yeah. we 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 dropped off school. You and started, started a company. Yeah, just making videos for who? Like funny videos for companies or people or <laughs> like who? Who are you doing it for? There was this whole community that didn't exist yet. YouTube. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we had a lot of different theses. Like the, the our business plan is a joke. Like if I would look at it right. now, it's like make videos for we don't know someone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. And, it's true. and uh, no, we started like we made films for like uh, universities, like, oh, oh, come, this university is the greatest. Yeah, to show but them also, off, right? Yeah. But also yeah. for uh, rich people's weddings. So okay. I, we were essentially wedding photographers, but did yeah. like funny stuff at the weddings. So, you know, giving a bit of oomph. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, also, I just had a guy on. I just had a guy on recently. His company's called Funny Sales Videos because they discovered when they were doing videos that when they're funny, they get a lot more hits. You know, millions instead of thousands. So that's what they do: funny sales videos for companies. Yeah, I think it's you, you want because nobody wants you to do a video. Just I mean, it's okay to have video of your wedding, but you want it to be entertaining, right? So people are going to watch it more than once. This is this is super interesting because I we started doing funny videos, but we stopped doing funny videos. Really? So we had the we had the exact reversed one from from the one you had there, and the reason for that is quite simple. So uh, um, basically, when you, when you when you're selling a a video, yeah, to you know a company or what have you, essentially, you know, we sold it to companies, bigger companies, bigger companies, but um, so I agree completely, like videos should be funny because that increases uh, the likelihood of, of someone watching it. But, right. but, but at the same time, uh, uh, funny is so subjective. It is. Is this true. funny or not? Right. Funny uh, to you is not and, funny to me. Right. Exactly. exactly. So, you know, when, when middle manager at, you know, industrial company orders funny. Right. He doesn't think it's funny. Right. No, and and we have different interpretations of funny. And basically making, like, being paid to do funny by someone who says, that is not funny. It's like, it's the most pain I've had in my, in my, you know, professional life. So I just decided on stage, right? You get to stand up and they boo you off the stage. That's not funny. You're like, yes, it is. Yeah, I I didn't even think about that. You're right. It's very subjective. And it may be cross-cultural too. And or. And cross industry, you get certain companies that are more conservative and they're like, yeah, that's not really us. That makes us uncomfortable. And then you get other people that they don't care. They're, you know, they, they want to watch Jackass on, on the MPD. No, no, exactly. And, nice. and, and I, so that's why, I, like, when you talk about the guy that you had on the show, I'm like, I, I admire that guy because he, you know, 
Yeah, he. I can guarantee you that he has been through some severe suffering. Oh yeah, I mean he he explained that it it's not for everybody, and there are people that don't think what their proposals are, are funny. Sometimes they talk them into it, and then the video does very well, and the company's surprised. And sometimes they're just still not comfortable with it because it doesn't fit their, you know, their culture or their, their what makes them comfortable. But I think that's an interesting. An interesting comment that uh, he kind of migrated away from that. But but at that point, you just liked making videos. There wasn't any, uh, you know, really mission except for just making videos and finding customers. Right? There was a specific goal in mind. Yeah, I, I think what, what we what we always gravitated towards was making things that had meaning. Okay. Um, and 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 this really becomes kind of the the during this this. Um, 10 to 12 years when we when we ran this agency, you know, it migrated more and more towards deeper and deeper meaning. Yeah, uh, but 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 really, and along that 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 road, you know, we we started working with with larger and larger corporations, and then you know, global corporations, and then we were not a, only a film agency; we also were a, you know a full blown communications agency, right? Marketing, something. digital, right? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. We, we grew that to roughly 80 people, and eventually sold that to. A French uh, tech player. Oh, so it became a big company. And a big yeah. company. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, once uh, you get to that level, then, you know, the message that they put out, showing that they're a company that cares, all that kind of stuff becomes obviously very important. Yeah. Business. No, no. And, and, and it was very obvious, like the, probably like the last two years there for me, I, I basically when all your ideas is about like describing how the world should shift towards, uh, you know, a, a more sustainable world, essentially. You know. Right. Uh, then it was kind of obvious to me also that, you know, it was all, almost like that scene became a vehicle for me to express myself, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we were really good at it. So it actually, it, it provided a lot of value, but it, it was also, uh, there's always someone like who you're, telling that message for and right right and and also uh, tied to that it was a consultancy in essence like it's you yeah you know you build things for others and and along that road so if we back us like around what is it 2013 we decided like we also we also want to like make or break ourselves um because consultancy is is both like you know um, you 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 give people advice that they seldom fully follow, right. but also also uh, you like you don't really. The, the good part is like uh, if something fails, you can always blame. Oh no, it was them. They right, because they didn't listen like, to us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you're not you're not held fully accountable. And we've jointly in our founder team felt a very you know big urge for that. So we were we're four partners there who, who really stayed together for almost 12 years which was extraordinary we uh, and then really... when you sold the agency you kind of guys went your different ways or did you all together start another company so i I'd, I'd started to to gravitate away because my my desire to head the climate like to tackle climate head-on had been so so strong like it it, it actually ate me from the inside to the point that i had to uh, go to therapy to like yeah, figure out bothering how, you so much yeah yeah and actually my therapist then said like advised me to uh, to avoid the subject 
Um, yeah, well, I think that's one of the problems, right? You could d- go so deep into the problems with climate change that you think that we're never going to survive as a species, which ultimately may be true, by the way, but it's not happening tomorrow. <laughs> and it could, it could really take you down a dark hole, you know? Yeah. 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 Sometimes there's it a did. lot of people that. It did. But so, yeah. so um, my therapist and she uh, came to that conclusion and gave that advice. But my interpretation of that was 180, rather the opposite that I had to go focus your energy yeah 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 go but that wasn't climate view right that was a different company first no no that, that was actually climate view so i'm, oh, I'm sorry i'm skipping in between here but, oh, but okay i'd say so the the the, the in between uh was so we did multiple multiple entrepreneurial uh, journeys there uh, oh, there was overlap whilst, with the different companies yeah whilst Got also it. driving driving our agency which Got was it. actually which which was you know both a blessing and a curse because we had so many resources at hand yeah uh where we could you know we we could make fantastic things in such a short amount of time to build you know it, we could build a brand in two weeks yeah. of, of of fantastic quality but but it also uh what we realized it, it's 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 one thing to build brand it's another thing to to you know pivot build pivot build yeah and and really we so we had a couple of, of of things that didn't fly whereas we had one which is named asket okay. uh, or asket so that's okay. a basically it's a, it's a clothing brand that takes one could say it's, it's um trying to happen fast fashion by creating slow fashion so it um it looks at clothing in a in a new way basically trying to create you know garments of optimal quality uh that you know has um, optimal enduring capabilities i'm, I'm doing right. a bad picture no uh, no no. but we look for the people who are listening fast fashion is like h&m century 21 you know all these different companies that are making these things that end up in landfills that are you know so inexpensive that people just buy and buy and discard and right i mean that's fast fashion that's what's become fast fashion and this is yeah. this is uh, by like, this is the exact opposite. So, uh, starting out with a you know the hunt for the perfect T-shirt, and I yeah. think now we're that T-shirt is on version three dot four or something. It's <laughs> right. it's re- really like so implementing feedback from customers to to constantly iterate. Uh, you know that so that T-shirt is it's fantastic. So, and, what makes it a perfect T-shirt? That it lasts and it's durable, and you don't end up throwing it out, or What's, uh, that, makes it uh, that together with the sizing system on 15 size. Uh, okay. So if you're uh, like a tall, tall wide, you have in, in every size you have um, short, regular, and long. Right. Uh, yeah, I have the same problem. My torso is long, so I buy extra long t-shirts or else they don't stay in my pocket. <laughs> yeah so then you should uh check uh ask at as oh they're still in business the yeah, yeah no they're, they're flourishing they're it's a fantastic oh, okay. company and okay. also so so along the journey they also like so i'm not gonna take the credit for that i take credit for being part of of, of starting it but really like the, the key in that is august and jacob the co-founders who have have built that into a, a marvelous they uh, ran with it they still run the company yeah they still run the company and it's it's now it's you know yes it's a men's anti-fast fashion brand but it's it's a philosophy 
It's driving radical transparency. It's driving, you know, holistic thinking. It's driving meaning to clothing, which I think it's it's fantastic. Yeah. And it's, I don't think people realize the climate impact of the clothing industry. It's like worse than, I mean, great, we're driving electric cars and we're not using plastic bags in the supermarket, but there are industries, clothing being one of them, that are having a really, really, really negative impact on the planet. We don't think yeah. about it in the United States. So if you think about it more of Sweden, we just mm, buy and we're, we're, discard. We are the home of H&M, right? So. Yeah. Is that H&M Swedish? Yep. Uh, it's yeah uh, so yeah people figure it out look that's what capitalism is all about I, I read a book i may have been in high school or college and it was called small is beautiful and it was all about how we treat capital resources like they're income resources so so we consume capital resources as if they're replenishable as if they're going to come back and and you know and i guess you know 50 60 years ago nobody thought or 100 years ago nobody thought with all this stuff going to the landfills whatever they were just polluting the planet. What's going to happen? But now, it's you know, it's a major problem. Just because your garbage leaves your house, goes somewhere. I, I think we just nobody wanted to really care about that. It's out of my yeah. house, right? Ain't the guy to take it away. Where you know, where did he take it? Yeah, I, I remember a Simpsons episode. It was about that. It, it, uh, the Simpsons slogan because he, he became the mayor, and then he, he formed the slogan: uh, "Let someone else do it." Right. There you go. It's true. That's what we think. We don't, we don't really look, I understand everybody, the average person, we're all caught up in our lives and you live in your life and take care of your kids and growing. And that's what human beings do, right? We grow, we raise, we die, and then new people come along. But the impact is so, you know, incrementally minuscule at the beginning that we end up doing things as a, as a species that, you know, is so incrementally small over a short period of time, but very big impact that down the road, and we can talk about climate view, generations then end up paying the price of of no foresight, you know, a hundred years ago. Right? Yeah. No, nobody struck oil and said, Oh, well, we should put this stuff back. I mean, this is just gonna destroy the planet. This is gross, it's disgusting, it's dangerous, you can't, it's flammable, you can't, it, you know, all this kind of stuff. No, they were like, wow, we could change the world and we could. You know, run machines, and you know we can refine it, and kerosene, and all this type of stuff. Look where we are now. So, you know, okay. So you, but you were involved with Ask It for a short period of time, and then you channeled your energies and concerns to Climate View, or was there a company before that? No, Climate um, View. No, I, I was gonna. So um, I know this is pretty accurate description. Whereas I was like on this really. Uh, quest for for finding what i'm gonna do next what, what i knew was i want to go head on climate right and i know thought, how right there's a lot of ways no to i didn't know i didn't know i went to conferences right. i went to a lot of food tech conferences because you know i saw the food is yeah it's it's you know it it has potential of big impact and it's you know it everyone thinks and eats food right so right um they don't realize that impact that's another one right farming and its impact on the planet water scarcity hydroponic farming uh uses like what 90 percent less water you think and, yep. and and you know all that kind of stuff but then that i was i was talking to somebody the other day because i have a friend who started a hydroponic farm they bought this building they're learning the technology they're working with the students from the college universities they're coming up with really great stuff i think they're going to open soon they're a small operation but you know they also have 
he said, we, you know, we, we don't have insect problems or any of that kind of stuff. And I said, well, you know, what's the, what's the climate impact on that? Right. So now you're not doing outdoor farming as much. So there are less insects. That's all part of uh, an ecosystem. He said, oh, I never really thought about that. So there's always <laughs> right other ramifications. Look, we all go to electric cars. Then we're going to have all these batteries we don't know what the hell to do with. That, are, that you can't just put them in landfills and bury them in the ground. So that's going to be another problem that we have to solve. So it just seems to me like it's always, you know, one, you're solving one problem and you seem to be creating another. But that's what your opinion at about it is no yeah it's it's it is partly true but i think one also needs to recognize that this is a transition period and just because something isn't perfect straight away it's still a hell of a lot better oh yeah there's no question about it if if i were to criticize the general environmental movement uh like that becomes a very like broad stroke but 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 it is letting the letting perfect being the enemy of good Right. Better. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Better and, and is, really, if, better than yeah, what we have now. Yeah. And of course, like there, there's going to be an electric, um, you know, it's going to be a battery problem and, and it's going to be scarcity in metals and you have war metals. Like, um, I'm not saying that all of those will be surpassing problems, but they will essentially, I'm not too concerned about that. But if you look at the overall equation of, you know, a combustion engine, what is it, you know, with an efficiency of 25 to 30%. Yeah, and with 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 the with, with the you know, um, uh, what do you say emissions that you will not able yeah. to get rid of because it's you know the, the motor is driving around. Whereas on an electric engine, it's what up to ninety percent efficiency. That's a hell right. of a lot more efficient, right? right? And, and, no and and right. and as long as you enable to make the green grid clean, which we will, we're right. getting there. We're getting there. Uh, then um, you know, then then it's a Hell of a lot better. Yeah. No, I'm just yeah. saying these issues have to be addressed. I'm not saying they're not surmountable. I, I think they're they'll they'll come up with something. Gotta, yeah. gotta I guess baby steps. Um so when you so climate view I know works with like municipalities and I guess other governments to create a a plan or whatever. You'll explain it to me. But was there an interim process? Like what's the process you went through? To figure out, okay, what kind of a company do I want to do? Because there's a lot of things you can do in the climate, you know, environmental sustainability kind of industry, you know. So I'm curious yeah. about your whole thought process. I mean, it's. I think I come back to my like, just like with the substitute thing. That wasn't a plan, but it it happened, and then right. kind of came it showed together. to be, yeah, and a bit like here, it's like I. I exposed myself to just um, different uh, things. I went to I I went to Harvard for I think it was a week or two weeks. I don't remember. I took mm-hmm. a negotiation class at Harvard because oh. I thought that was very interesting. And you know, okay. met people there. That didn't like it. May be better at negotiations, sure, but it didn't. You know, it didn't take me to climate in any way. And then you know, I went to went to food tech conferences and I learned a lot, but it didn't bring me anything but then suddenly my wife came home and she's like yeah i had a cocktail with a friend and and she has this friend who's like professor like type who has some sort of climate idea you want to meet him and i was like yeah sure yeah sure like, right so i was put up on this professional blind date and to that blind date comes a uh, man uh-huh. uh, his name is tom Shalit. he is um 
you know, uh, he is a, a Swedish born with Israeli slash Scottish descent. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm tall, he's short, and we meet, we say hi, and okay. he has this like strange tube on his back. And you like, oh, okay. you like, what's, what's in the tube, right? Yeah. And then he takes like a, like a tube and... where you put architectural plans in that type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And Got it. Plans. Okay. Schematics yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And right. he like, brought this if, with if him you, to the meeting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And if like, this is a learning actually, if you ever want people to be curious of you walking around town, just put a tube on your back and people are going to ask you what's in the tube. Yeah. Well, they might think you have a pipe bomb too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they didn't think of that. Yeah. No. And you were meeting him. So you were like, Obviously, by the whole time, curious about what's in the tube, right? Yeah, what's in the tube? What's in the tube? Yeah. So uh, going back to, and so I'm going to start, what happens then? He's, he rolls up what's in the tube. So it's a four meter long poster that he rolls up on this big ass table. And basically, he says, this is the transition of the Swedish transport sector. And here are the, you know, here are the quantities represented by the uh, like the wideness of the scales, and here you see the hierarchies of uh, goal, strategies, uh, solutions, or execution. And I, I I stand there and like I actually I started crying, um, but I didn't show it because we didn't know each other well enough yet, and I wasn't like comfortable you go back enough to see, see your therapist this meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i cried as 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 a sense of relief yeah um, i hear you finally found like, a guy who like thinks the way you think right no actually yeah it thinks a lot better than i think yeah better <laughs> so, right i know you were like oh there are people out there that right yeah but but he was able to instill this like i i could look at this map and i could see like oh these are the proportions and i could go from the highest level of hierarchy from the helicopter perspective down into like down to the 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 policy, uh, the current policy um, was suggestions being on the table in the Swedish government. Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to promote and grow your business? Or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running. Email marketing is a great place to start. You can earn $32 for every dollar spent. And AWeber is the best choice for email marketing and automation. From maintaining a subscriber list to building drip campaigns and landing pages, AWeber gives you the tools and integrations you need to make marketing effective and fun. As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote this podcast and market our law firm. If you think of yourself as a team of one, AWeber is still your best choice for an online marketing tool. Looking to get into podcasting? Maybe to market your business for your own enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets. And be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created specially for our listeners. Do you battle chronic pain, stress, anxiety, or depression? 
Well, if you take any supplements or you're interested in natural alternatives, you need to know about findyourhealthyplace.com. Find Your Healthy Place has thousands of supplements to help you live a better quality of life, as well as natural solutions for chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, and much, much more. Need guidance? Use their live chat feature and talk to a wellness consultant right on their website. And be sure to use our coupon code TAEPODCAST for all your purchases to get the best prices at findyourhealthyplace.com. Follow their links in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. So to really see like this is being done or discussed as we speak. And I could, I could, you know, and I could see, you know, the, the, the potentials of different solutions as they were assessed today. And I could see where the gaps were and everything. And I was like, dude, how did you do this? And so, so, so Inar, was this, was this a, uh, it showed like what the climate impact was of the public transportation system and then different solutions as to how to solve those no. things or no? No, this, okay. this was basically saying like, this is a transportation system of Sweden of, okay. you know, personal vehicles. Of so public lorries, and private. Okay. Yes. Okay. And so this is how much they emit. Okay. And this is uh, this is a goal. So they're going to be reduced by 70% until 2030. Okay. The government okay. decided that. And this is, you know, this, this is the different quantities of, you know, the personal vehicles, the lorries. These are how, uh, you know, based on the latest research, we think that we can reduce that by 70%. And these are the, you know, actions supporting that. So it was like, this is what the government said we have to be. These are where the pollution is coming from. And this is the plan to get. Yeah, by 2032, and, that yeah. level and, and, of okay, and and here are the gaps in that plan. So yeah, and 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 in essence, that is you know that is what climate two also today provides in 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 broad strokes. It's 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 the plan to zero. Okay, so um, so was he? It was his company. Was he working for the government? Did he have a government contract? Well, why was he making these charts? Yeah, that's a really, really yeah. good question. So I'm going to skip back and I'm going to, I'm going to talk a bit about Thomas Felitten. So fascinating person, the most brilliant person I've met to date, and I'm still increasingly impressed by him. Okay. Uh, he comes from a, a background of being a mathematician. He uh, was then also uh, one of first, Sweden's first um, UI teachers at the design school, design university up in uh, northern Sweden, Umeå. He also created a couple of uh, deep tech startups. He has also done theatrical studies in London. Okay. So cross-functional at his yeah, core. Right, very, um, very uh, And for the later years, he'd, 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 done, um, he'd been in consultants of, of large uh, transformations in big corporations by okay. applying agile methodologies. So basically a big bank is going to change IT system and everyone sitting around the table go like, where the hell do we start? So he comes in and basically starts working with this group by first assembling, you know, all the data about interviewing all people. Like, where are we? What's, you know, we have 11, 11, like a lot of consultancy reports saying like this, 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 this. So assembling that, putting that into a hierarchy and a visualization of this, um, of this map. Basically, uh-huh. a poster, but but for to to visualize the road there, and then you have all these people in this room looking at the visualization to say like, oh shit, this is where we are now, and this is where we're going. We don't exactly know what's going to be along, you know, 
the way there, but you know, through also the process of untangling complexity, through you know, if there's a you know new solution coming in along the way, or we meet that person or what have you, you're also right. able to, because we're not going to be able to do the perfect plan now. No, but if you know where you are and where you want to go, you can exactly. make adjustments along the way to get there. Yeah, and you need to set the rules of interaction and also right. to create a standardized way of basically measuring along the way and, and follow up. So him doing that for a few years and then seeing the enormous power in that, in getting people to basically align and right. work, work towards it. Because we have, and, and then he sits there and goes like, wow, why am I spending this time on insurance companies and banks to make the profit margin slightly better when I can do this on climate. Yeah, which so is what, something he was more passionate about. Yeah, so yeah. he was seeing his therapist, I guess. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, no, but, but what he then was, was simply like open like uh, governmental papers, stacks of books that were available. Yeah. He literally like locked himself in for three months and created this data structure and, and visualization. And that is that what was it was in the tube and was and, that for, was that an rfp for the government uh, it was a proposal. Is, so he meets me i yeah. say if you do this I, on a second date i said if you do this and only this i will be the first investor okay yeah uh, and but but also given my lessons before like doing this both being a consultant whilst doing startups like i really didn't believe in that i i i really believe in going like um hard stop like now focus only on this right so that was that was my requirement for right but he he, was that why you were introduced him he was looking for to raise capital and bring people on his team or you were like i want in and i'll give you money and he yeah it was more like um no we that wasn't the reason when that we were put together it was more you're kind of interested in the same thing yeah right we think that's why it was a date yeah so, uh, but I saw also that I could be of help. Right. Not only, so so this idea to articulate that in film, for example, we did that straight away. Like just, we threw together filming in a couple of weeks and suddenly this idea seemed like, whoa, this is, this is not only an idea, this is a, this is a thing, right? This is a, yeah. um, so just uh, painting that, that little pig into a, big pig <laughs> all of this right. but, but what he did at that time also so basically and, and we, yeah to your point what you asked earlier about this like so what's this gonna be and we, right. we sit down probably like it's the third is like um you know is this an ngo and i remember we both like no uh because i think we both have quite distinct experiences of, of seeing that as the you know, it has its functions, but it's as a, a means to really create fast, hard change. It it doesn't work. It's too okay. slow mo- moving, and it has. Uh, but but really, where we're coming from, also like this. You know, um, whether you like it or not, money runs the world, and this company is going to run run right. on money. But he didn't even have a company be, at that point, did he? Um, no, just an idea. So that company was started. And in the subsequent weeks, he took that poster to different bodies of, of the Swedish government who all went like I did. I don't know if anyone cried, but 
the guy who who had written the the, the longest of these um, books, uh, he basically direct quote was, "Oh shit, it looks like you painted the inside of my brain," right? Which is and and um, at that point, so everyone acknowledged this is fantastic. This should be done as some sort of test project, but no one wanted to kind of own it. But then. Um, the Swedish uh, stately owned power company, uh, Vattenfall, the strategy um, uh, head of strategy there basically took it to their boss. He literally took the poster to head of Vattenfall and went like, I think this should be done. Head of Vattenfall goes, okay. So they, they, um, I mean, the, the, the pilots where we jointly took down a bunch of government agencies, the Swedish EPA, the Energy Agency, and the Swedish Climate Policy Council into a you know, I don't know if that's a PC word to use, but a war room, one could say, right. where yeah. where they met three days a week to create that data structure. So this is your first and, client. Yeah. 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 Swedish government. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and our longest client to date. So the Swedish Climate Policy Council is the owners of, of Sweden's path to net zero. Uh, so they, they, yeah, they run on what then became Climate OS a couple of years down the line. Got it, got it, got it. Well, I I think it's an interesting, uh, what's the word, analogy. You made you made a comment before about one of your early businesses, maybe even with the, the filmmaking agency, that you know it would be funny if you looked at a business plan because you didn't have a business plan. You were like just figuring it out along the way, and a lot of business owners do that. You know, you went to business school, you know how to write a business plan, you put it together. It's kind of similar to what you do for cities, right? You say, okay, here's where you are, and you're just starting out. And here's where you want to be, and then you build a plan to get there. It's never the it's never exactly the way you envision it. There's changes along the way and adjustments and things to get you to where you want to go. But a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, small companies, they don't do that. Like they they don't, you know, try and keep the train on the track heading towards the goal. Maybe the goal has to be adjusted a little bit at the end, right? The the outcome, but they don't have a roadmap. So a lot of business owners kind of just wing it which is one of the things we talk about on the podcast all the time. So I think what you're doing, Climate View, not only is it an entrepreneurial venture, but the way you do it, for you're writing a business plan for a city to solve their climate change problems. And a lot of people don't see the value in that until they fail, unfortunately. <clears throat> and they can't figure out why they failed because they didn't, there, there was no measuring, there was no way to measure, are you on track? Are you solving this problem? Is it getting better or worse? I think it's... Uh, you know, I I know it's an epiphany where people go, yeah, that's wow. But in a simplest form, what you're doing in Climate View is is a simple concept. It's difficult to execute and difficult to map out and so forth. But concept of itself makes total sense. That's how you should be doing. Yeah, it's you know? um, oh, it's, you maybe you should sell Climate View. You be, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. You well, I think a lot of governments do that, right? America's uh, United States is very guilty of this. They they pass laws and they say we're going to be here in 2035. This is what's going to happen. But nobody knows how you're going to get there. And then yeah. you know and then and then governments change and administrations change and things get off the rails and there's no the next government doesn't come back and go to the binder and pick up where the other one left off. It 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 often falls apart and that's how as a species I think we get off track all the time when it comes to how we treat the climate. Yeah, but yeah. It, I I, fi- I find it fascinating because I think there's never been. If you look at, if you take a step back and look at this transition to 
net zero, yeah. where you know we we upend the the burning of fossil fuels. That will happen. Yeah, at some point it it will it's happen. Run out. And, There's and, just no way. Yeah. Right. And 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 the sooner we do it, the better off we are. And and really, when you look at it, we start you know looking at combustion engines, for example, how inefficient they are, and and they're not going to they they reach peak efficiency, so right. they're not making that any better. Which means like everything we know today is noisy, polluting, inefficient. It's going to be replaced. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. So the the interesting the, the interesting um, the, um, thing that is happening as we speak now is that whether you know. Whether you give a shit about climate or not, sorry, right. uh, uh, you like it's super clear that this is where the world is heading, which right. means that if you, you know, continue to sell combustion engine cars, you're gonna be screwed, right? Yeah. And the winners are the ones who trailblaze their way there. Yeah. So suddenly, it's not about like oh, our survival as a species. It becomes a matter of being ahead in business. Right, and what, what we've been verifying. So we, we, yeah, we have a lot of I've, my my new things in life is is eating breakfast with American governors that comes to Sweden to to look at what's what's up with the right. Swedish what are you guys doing over space. here? Yeah, yeah. Well, nice. what, what what is that? But you're and, right. Business yeah. drives that. survival of a species doesn't seem to motivate anybody. It's it's too it, it's it, too, it, it motivates some, but it, yeah, it not, but not motivate. enough, and it's not it's it's not real to people like. You know, like nobody thinks the planet's going to blow up tomorrow. So they're like, well, I'll be dead by then. So they just don't. It's too big. That's not the right way to say it. It's too big of a concept for the average person to even deal with. Like you said, when you really were dealing with the concept of what's going on on the planet, you ended up in therapy. So I think most people, they just can't. It's too much for them to deal with. But if if it's driven by business and capitalistic opportunities, then it's much more likely to happen. Yeah. You know? And you can say what you want about that. Like. But we decided, like, you know, we could, you could choose uh, to scream about the all the, or I wouldn't say scream, but basically to complain about the capitalistic system, how it right. puts, uh, how it screwed us up, and that's in very large extent extremely correct. But how we come to this climate view is seeing what got us into this mess is what's going to get us out of it. Right. So yeah. uh, that th- that is that is at the core of our religion and, and why we now you know as we as we see this all these mechanisms and also like just like with the Inflation Reduction Act in the U.S. and also Europe's New Green Deal is like it's happening, man. Yeah. Uh, and 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 U.S. you know Europe is ahead, but U.S. is going to play catch up. You guys usually don't like being second, right? So. Once, well, I think once the, it's climate change, the whole rest of the world's ahead of the States. We're, we're the consumer yeah. capital of the world. We use up everything. Don't give a shit in a lot of cases. We're starting to, but I think you go to places like Iceland and even where you are in Sweden, different parts of Europe, they're much more, you know, attuned to what's going on, I think. Is that a wrong impression? No, I, it's not across the board, but but it's somewhat yes. But I still think that that once this installment of, of like this is where the world is heading uh at least on 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 the um on the what is it non-release of fossil fuels like that's, right. it's us is gonna uh, play catch up and surpass that's that's that that is my guess like that is a non-qualified guess from a non-us citizen 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of it has to do with the the quality of the person that gets elected. Washington derails everything. The whole country's on fire. But I think that um, if you look at what's you know going on around the world and the things I see, I just learned uh, a while ago because I'd never heard of it before. It's common in your business about you know carbon emissions and how to become carbon neutral. Um, but it seemed weird to me because this guy, and it was business driven, it was a Wall Street firm. They're putting together a fund, I think, to raise money to sell carbon credits, yeah. right? Based on, I don't know, replanting, you know, things in the Congo or something. I don't know, whatever. But I understand the balance is that you have trees and other things that emit, that, that absorb the carbon to absorb the carbon that's being created by other you know, uh, airlines, let's use, for example, right? I think airlines, there's a rule in Europe, right? That airlines have to be carbon neutral by a certain point, something like that. Right. But th- there's no way to do that right now, technologically. So you got to buy carbon credits. So offset the carbon that you admit, I think that's the only way to do it, right? Does, is that real or is that just fake? Uh, it it ah. makes them seem like they're carbon neutral and they're not really. Yeah. I say like that's it's in it's it's a bit of the wild west. Uh, yeah. Everyone's kind of winging it. I'm not too concerned about that. So um, there are many ways to look at at carbon credits. I think yeah. uh, it's you know philosophically it's quite a one needs to it, it needs it needs a podcast episode of its own. But in essence, I'm like. Those things like the, the tree planting in country in Africa, you know, right. that's it's it's it, it's most kind of infant stage of like where it's trying to find its home. I I think that you know that will essentially. I'm not too concerned about that right now. Again, it's wild west. People are making preposterous claims and yeah, right, exactly, uh, quite laughable. And 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 and, and essentially, they're going to be punished for that as well. Right. So it's in one It'll way or another. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be yeah. somewhat self-regulating. Right. I, I foresee at least. Again, yeah, well, qualified. I mean, but if you're an airline, you can't reduce your carbon emissions. I mean, you, you need to use an engine. There's no replacement for the engine and the jet fuel that's used in an airplane, not at this point. No, but, but in essence, one would say like pure carbon capture, if if you know that works at scale, but but it, it's not even remotely close to right to be able for an airline to buy in you know so uh no but yeah. but you know on the other hand you see electric flights are going to come and that's going to change yeah. aviation it's, it's going to like have such a profound uh effect on not only aviation but also how we travel right but is that only... even is that even technologically on the drawing board or is it really just a hope and a dream someday Oh no 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 no! It's there's it's, technology that's I, being developed. Uh, oh yeah, it's okay. it's 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 a big race towards that. I think if you look at regional flights, flights under, uh, I'm not going to say an exact figure, somewhere between thousand two thousand kilometers. Okay. Um, those will, you know, um, flights are going to be electric there in. I'm guessing within at least maximum five years. Again, really? qual- qualified. They could run. They could fly a plane. Give, I guess enough thrust through an engine of something that's electric that could fly a plane over a couple of thousand kilometers. Yes, that will happen, and the profound impact that that's going to have. 
because suddenly the business case for like in aviation, the biggest cost is fuel. Yeah. So suddenly, suddenly the business case completely changes. Yeah. And then also the landing strips. I think, you know, an electric plane, uh, again, guessing, will need roughly half the length of an airstrip. So suddenly you can have uh, much more hyperlocal and probably, so now we're talking only like regular airplanes, probably you're also going to have this, you know, when you mix drones and airplane in, in construction, um, then you start to compete with cars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they're like the Jetsons. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Jetsons. Yeah, but I, I guess it's possible, right? I mean, it's just a question of developing technology. It's, it's interesting. To see that, where that, we're that, going to go. that, that will happen. Yeah. But, but don't we you how do we generate the electricity, though? Don't we have fuel burning plants that generate the electricity? But it's a lot less, I guess. Than it will be a lot less. So yeah. we've been uh, waiting for fusion to come uh, since 19. Oh, right. And then you don't need gas. Right? <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. Now, but but the, the build out of, of wind and solar, obviously, the most obvious. If you, you know, look at aviation, obviously, just, you know, charge the plane when, you know, when there's sun. Yeah. What just like it's, uh, it's, is that it's, is that enough? You solar panels all over the wings, and then no, not all of the wings, but obviously you need a, a big ass battery to to charge it. Big ass battery, yeah. To, to obviously, or, or, uh, no, a, I'm not suggesting it's going to fly with with <laughs> with solar panels just take off. But yeah, there's obviously got to be a receptacle collecting the electricity. But yes, I guess I guess you know, you know it, that all improves. Technology all improves, right? No, solar is going to be better. Batteries is going to be better. Again, like we we define the world as it is today. Those things will incrementally have changed onto them. There will be a couple of, of breakthroughs as well. Uh, so the world is heading in this way. All right. So let's get it's back to your business of climate view. So tell me how the business runs, how many employees you have, how do you run the business? You're out pitching municipalities. Is that what you're doing to show them how well tell me what climate view does so climate view basically helps uh, cities to create a plan towards net zero okay so city goes we're going to be net zero by 2035 okay. and a follow-up question of how they go like oh shit we don't know okay hire a firm to lay it out for us yeah so okay. what, what we then bring is a software that also have this basically underlying model that tells the city how to look at this because only that like okay how how the hell do we slice this should we make like a 2000 bullet to-do list or or can yeah so what we essentially bring is is the ready the kind of ready baked cake for them to say okay these are the kpis because like in any transformation you wouldn't do that to-do list you would say like which are the essential kpis and what are what are those leading indicators yeah and also what do they cost so we bring that uh, operating system that we call it, the Climate OS, and we provide those KPIs. We put dollars and cents on it, and uh, then it becomes the, you know, the um, the working, the living working yeah. document for that so, city. So to, is the, to is the software or what you guys do is show them how to do it, and then who, how does it? How is it implemented? How is it measured? Do you do that too? Yep. So um, we have those leading indicators. For example, uh, let's say one one uh, such KPI is how many citizens we, citizens we shift from fossil cars 
to electric cars. Okay. So the measurement of that, usually it's like, what, what is the um, what is the sales of new cars? Like how big of a proportion of those are electric versus uh, versus um, combustion engine cars? And that's the leading indicator that we started this by. And by providing incentives to replace, you know, to it's that when when you take your next purchase decision to buy an electric car, uh, we tilt our citizens towards that shift, right? Right. The private purchase. It's different if it's uh, public transportation, because then the city makes its own purchase decisions based on the plan. Yeah. That's a different story. Yeah, and that's another shift. Like you have yeah. the shift from combustion engines to, for example, electric buses. Yeah, we have a lot. Uh, how, yeah, and how can we, as a city, through policy, through regulation, through you know information campaigns, how can we affect that shift? And likely, you know, it's it's about having um, more better timetables for buses. It's about you know safer uh, buses or the perception of that being safer. It's probably also about just you know raising parking fees for cities uh, in for cars, making it harder to go by cars. Right. Yeah, they have those uh, what high volume areas that you're supposed to stay away from, where you get uh, surge pricing. They like I don't know how they're going to do it in New York. They'll charge you more to drive into certain sections of the city because right. they want to keep you out of those sections of the city because it's too. It's too. I mean, and 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 this is yeah. this is really nice. Like when we look at these different shifts, often when we look at the business case of it, usually those are quite nice. Like it actually makes sense to decarbonize your city. You're gonna yeah. have less polluted air. You're gonna have more healthy citizens, and you're actually gonna have a city that is more that that produces higher quality of life. Right, because much higher quality. We, yeah, we we talk about you know green cities, but instead we could just call them great cities because the, you know the cities that have I think in Europe that you look at, oh wow, they are really getting it. Like the Copenhagen and and Amsterdam, where you've had just where 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 you've had um, uh, enormous uh, uh, investments in in cycling infrastructure, for example. Huh? What that does to the overall city livability, yeah, it is fantastic. Sure. Uh, and you know some cities, I think like uh, Ljubljana, I can never pronounce it, like the the capital of Slovenia. Like mm-hmm. them, they've banned uh, cars in the inner city. And I think when they proposed it, when the mayor proposed it, so meaning you have to um, take transportation if you want going to the yeah, city. Uh, yeah, at least in the like exact inner core. Right. And and when when this was proposed, a majority was actually against it, uh, but mayor pushed for it anyway. And now I think you know X amount of years, maybe five years down the line, ninety-seven percent of citizens are pro. So yeah. no one because well, they see the results, or they like they yeah. like what they have. It was interesting, you know, during pandemic when we stopped using cities and we stopped using transportation, things started clearing up. The air quality, you know, it, it was the animals could breathe. It was just different, and people saw that. I mean, obviously we went back to living our lives again, but. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you get there. But so, how long has Climate View been in business now? So we've been in business for a bit more than four years. We're okay. sixty people at the moment. We're okay. active in nine countries. We have okay. an American CEO who sits in Indianapolis. Oh, we, so my son lives. Uh, hey, yeah, Carmel, Indiana. Go. Yeah, 
uh, or yeah, Carmel's right yeah, outside I, Indiana. Yep. Right. I, I, I mix up Indianapolis and Indiana. So Indiana is a state. Indianapolis, Indianapolis is, is the state capital. Carmel is a suburb or a town near Indianapolis. Uh, sorry. Indiana is the state. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Gosh. Yeah. I wouldn't know yeah, the difference between only... Sweden, Copenhagen, Denmark. When I, so. <laughs> um, so that's, yeah. That, yeah that, that's, that's where we are. We, we've uh, uh, gone through our A round. Uh, so uh, in the United in, States, uh, uh, no, we took that. Uh, no, Iran in, in uh, capital-wise. So yeah, uh, we took that. Uh, that Iran is a mix of, of venture capital from states and Europe. And is that to continue to develop the technology that you have, um, as well as you know build the organization? How many municipalities have you worked for over the four years? So uh, we have. 180 registered municipalities on platform. Oh wow! And uh, and uh, the first uh, American city to go public with Climate OS uh, with a public dashboard for citizens is Cincinnati. So you, as a, so, as a citizen of Cincinnati, can go right on the dashboard and see what's going on and learn how you can be a participant. Uh, at least figure out the proportions and, and the role there, but uh, and 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 have a have a hypothesis of how you. Could best affect it, yes. yes. Right, right, right. Well, you're trying to get the buy-in of the people who live this yeah. every day, right? Because without that, it's never going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So what what are the, I know we've been talking about an hour now, but what, what are the plans for the future? Are you still, obviously, you got a lot of work to do and, you know, yeah. growing and dealing with cities. But ultimately, if you're, you know, if you've now dealt with a substantial portion of municipalities, what's the next step? With the company, you know, the reason we chose municipalities uh, is really that they are symmetric and they want to share data. Everyone else, what everyone wants, everyone to succeed, yeah, and everyone actually wants us to succeed as well. So it's like it's it's a really it's a nice vibe, yeah, and and uh, really leveraging that those prerequisites to its fullest and getting um, an exploding amount of cities on board. Really moving into those tier one cities, the capitals of Europe, the states of the US, uh, and also to really these business plans, which I'm talking about, which is built into the system, really putting those forward to the financial system, who has very explicitly say, like, we want to help decarbonize this world and, and have those municipalities, states, countries to really be helped by the but it, this platform and the framework that we put forward to put the dollar where it's on best use to not only decarbonize, but to create the cities and the countries that we want to live in. Because the future is bright. Yeah, right. If we all work together, it is, right? Yeah. Now, are, are there, do you have competition? Are there other companies that are out there you know, doing kind of the same thing you're doing? Or not really? Uh, we have... Um, Others doing like carbon inventories, but really this, what we bring is this systemic approach, uh, with holistic, a, you know, right? holistic view. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so we don't have any other specific players there today. We will. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm quite sure. And, and we I'm will. Sure you hope so. Yeah. You will. Right. You don't want to be the only one driving the training. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think it, it hasn't been super obvious to other players that there is a business case in, in cities. And I right. think. Um, we made a big bet on that uh, a few years ago, which is proving out. Uh, it's working. 
think you, you, yeah. your hypothesis is correct. There is a business yeah. case. Okay, so and then then they are they are at the epicenter of those investments needed to be made. So right, that's yeah. where change will drive. So how can people learn more about what you're doing, interact with you, follow you, learn about what's going on maybe in their cities? Um, we'll put links in the show notes, but maybe you want to let people know how to find you and interact with you. So, um, uh, yeah, check our website, uh, climateview.global. Okay. Thinking what else? Um, uh, listen Are you to on LinkedIn? Episode. I'm on LinkedIn, please. Okay. Yeah. Find you on LinkedIn. Yeah. Find yeah. you on LinkedIn. Right. Uh, what else? Uh, I'm thinking if there's any... You're hiring any kids, kids coming out of college and they're maybe uh, environmental scientists or environmental studies majors. You're hiring those kids? Yeah, superb, superb kids from superb uh, um, uh, universities. We're good at hiring those. All right. Well, maybe in a couple uh, of years, my daughter is my youngest is a junior in high school, very interested and very concerned about climate, climate change. Won't let me even use a straw because she thinks I'm going to kill a turtle, which may be true. Um, but she doesn't really understand, like, she's not really a science kid. I mean, she's a little bit, she does well in chemistry. I think, and I, I want to get her to understand that there are a lot of things you can do in the climate change sustainability space and make a living and have an impact. So, uh, maybe a year or two, I'll get her in touch with you and talk with her. But if anybody's out there listening, um, look you up, right? Yeah. And also we have, we have, um, a lot of, you know, the people in the, in the companies are people that have, have successful careers, but, but. Uh, like many of us have, have like, oh, I'm now it's climate time because if we don't fix this, nothing else matters. Right. So, uh, when, when, the, the, you know, we, I laugh about it in Stockholm where we're kind of first listed in the phone book of, of, um, 35 year olds that have their first or second child and wakes up and go like, oh shit, I can't. Right. Well, because you're a kid now, now you care. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think so, it's a lot to be said for the, some of the three of the wealthiest people on the planet are trying to build rockets to get off the planet. Maybe there's something that they know that we got a bigger problem. You yeah, know? No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Mars is a super... Yeah, I don't think that's going to uh, work. place to... Right. You know, Matt Damon, it seemed like shit for him, so... Right, exactly. All right, Enar, I thank you right. for your time uh, on a Friday Likewise. afternoon from uh, Sweden. And um, please, uh, let's stay in touch. Keep changing the planet one day at a time. It's great to be here. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Accidental Entrepreneur. Opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moskovich and made to order music. For more information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinecker and produced by Beinecker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at beinheckerlaw.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.